the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Folks, welcome once again to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. And a very happy New Year to you. We're into 2016. This is the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Alan Dempsey does our engineering each weekend. And Andrew Herdliska is our producer. Uh, In the first half hour, uh, Peter Greer is with us. He, along with Greg Lafferty, have written 4040 Vision, Clarifying Your Mission in Midlife. Peter joins us from... Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where he's president and CEO of Hope International. Peter, very nice to catch up with you. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Peter, what's that uh, title mean, 4040 Vision? Uh, you're you're t- teaching us about midlife. What's the overall look here? Isn't this a, uh, hopefully a fun topic to start the year with, but 4040 Vision, it really is the recognition that uh, at some point we come to this recognition of how short uh, life is. And, you know, there was a Canadian psychologist named Elliot Jock who said that the midlife crisis, he's the one who came up with that term, and he said the midlife crisis is prompted when you begin to realize the brevity of life. And so 4040 Vision, it's looking at this period in life, uh, the halfway point, uh, realizing you're, you're halfway there, and uh, maybe uh, recognizing that this is an important time to make some changes, make some pivots, to live with greater meaning, live with greater satisfaction, live with greater purpose uh, for however many years you have left. So it's, it's looking at the halfway point and seeing uh, what do we really want to focus on for the remaining years that we have. Where does Bob Buford fit into your book? Yeah, Bob Buford, he's been incredibly supportive of this, and he wrote the book Halftime uh, and Helping Individuals. His tagline was Transition from Success to Significance, uh, and so he has been a friend. He is the Halftime Institute, been coaching and equipping individuals to to, to, to think about these issues. And um, so he's a friend, and uh, he wrote the foreword to the book very generously uh, and has been before he's been the leader in many of these things, but a couple, a couple uh, perhaps differences uh, in this book. One is that we really tried to tie it uh, directly to scripture and found this crazy book, uh, Ecclesiastes, one of the most mm. confusing books in all of scripture, but a book that is powerful in its conclusion. It basically goes through all of life, says we want to look for meaning, we want to look for satisfaction, and if we take a relationship with God out of the picture what are we left with, and comes to some pretty startling conclusions. And so the writer of Ecclesiastes, presumed to be King Solomon, he's writing this at the end of his life, and we're basically saying, if those are the conclusions at the end of life, why not reach those conclusions as soon, as quickly as possible? Uh, if, If that's what you're going to say at the end, the better off we would all be if we make those conclusions early in our journey to, to again, be free from so many of the things that uh, cause us to, to not have clear thinking, uh, not to have clear vision. Peter, there are 12 interesting topics you write about, so let's get started. Uh, number one, you call 40-ish, which means what? Yeah, so that that really is looking at this time of life, and and you know it, it's not just about age forty, but there's an interesting study that was done, and this is a global study, and it looked at a simple question, and the question asked in eighty different countries, all things considered, how satisfied are you with your life as a whole? And what they found is that there was a steady decline in in, in satisfaction and happiness in the 20s and 30s, and globally the low point uh, was in in the 40s. Uh, Specifically, the low point was age 46. 
And so it's recognizing that at some point, it's, it's 40-ish, it's not necessarily right on your 40th birthday, although oftentimes there is greater turbulence when you're entering into a new decade, so you find greater uh, challenges. But there's something that happens in, in this period, which is broadly defined as midlife, that no one wants to admit that they're in, but that we all go through. There was an interesting study that recently came out as well with the New York Times and said that uh, the rate of suicide is actually highest now uh, for people in midlife, um, and and it's actually causing life expectancy to decline. Um, and so there's something that's happening. This is a turbulent time that is hardwired into our human existence. And my experience, Pat, is that no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to prepare for it. And it wallops too many people. It derails too many leaders. It derails too many mothers and fathers because they simply are unprepared for this time of turbulence that is coming. And again, it's just maybe people don't want to admit that it's coming. So we pretend it's not there. And then we are surprised when, uh, when this period of life really packs a punch that, uh, that we weren't expecting. Let's move now to meaningless. That's the second topic you get into. Yeah, so again, this is this uh, wonderful conclusion of the writer of Ecclesiastes. And, and we really tried to write this book in a, in a humorous way. I, Greg, uh, the co-author, uh, love his humor and, and the way that he talks about these topics, that in some way you could see, goodness, is this just, is this a depressing conversation to have midlife. Who wants to think about midlife? The book of Ecclesiastes that has as its opening uh, lines, meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. I mean, who wants to spend time thinking about that? And yet, it really is an invitation to live. Um, and, and there's something interesting that happens, and, and maybe you've experienced this. Oftentimes, God gets a hold of us in two moments. And, and in some ways, you might see that they are opposite ends of the spectrum. But in some ways, it's when we've had a goal, when we've had that, that whether it was a deal, whether it was a promotion, whether it was a family situation, and we finally catch what it was that we were chasing. And it provides momentary satisfaction. It provides momentary happiness. But then just as quickly as it came, it is gone. And all of this expectation of what was going to happen when we finally arrived, we catch our dreams and we realize they don't actually do what we thought they were going to do. Or maybe on the opposite side of the spectrum, we've been uh, chasing something, but we give up hope that we'll ever achieve it. And so it's in this idea of maybe we've achieved kind of smashing success or maybe we've achieved smash dreams. But the reality is that whether you catch what you've been chasing or you give up hope that you ever were, in both of those places, I believe, are fertile ground for us to say, is that ultimately where satisfaction, meaning, purpose are found? And that's really what happens for many people in this time of midlife. It's a time where we catch what we've been chasing and say, you know what, it didn't really do the advertised happiness. Or we give up hope that we ever will and uh, can slip into uh, a downward spiral there too. And, and again, I just believe both of those situations are ripe, are fertile grounds for God to wake us up from from this uh yeah, kind of situation that we're in and say what really matters. And it's an invitation to then live with greater purpose, meaning satisfaction for the remaining days that we do have. Peter Greer is with us. He and Greg Lafferty have written the book, uh, 4040 Vision, Clarifying Your Mission in Midlife. IVP is the publisher. Next topic for us, Peter, I want you to talk about is called Disappointment. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, again, so we, we tried to figure out what are the common issues that people face in this period of life that oftentimes they're just not prepared for. And, and one of the issues that we found that a lot of people described is that life didn't turn out like they thought it would. They had this vision of what it would be like, and then the reality is they look in the mirror, it's just not what they thought it would be. And who doesn't go through life without having life not turn out as it was expected? It's one of the great things that we can expect. We can expect that life won't go as planned. And so maybe it's a failure at work, or maybe one of our children go off the rails, or maybe it's a failure that continues to to just bite at us. Um, but whatever it is, we have a disappointment with how life turned out. And, and the invitation, even in this, though, is to look at our disappointments and actually see that they can be, in some crazy way, the disappointments that we experience can actually be a gift if they can 
They can unhinge us from things that we were looking for finding meaning and satisfaction. And fast forward to the conclusion of the book of Ecclesiastes, fast forward to the conclusion of our lives and say what ultimately matters is have we loved God, have we loved our neighbor, um, have we feared God, have we kept his commands, for this is the whole duty. Um, and, and so disappointments can actually be places where we can have divine appointments with God. Uh, so it's looking squarely at our disappointments, looking squarely at how life hasn't turned out as we thought it was going to and actually seeing that as a great opportunity uh, to, to, to look at life with greater clarity. My guest is Peter Greer. We'll be back with Peter right after these messages on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. This is the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. If you miss the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace. Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at graceimpact.org. 5.30 Sunday on the new 94.9 FM. FM and AM 950 WTLN. Hi, I'm Steve Lash with Blue Book Service Center. Have you gotten your car repaired and wondered, did I really need all that? Or every time you take it in, they give you a laundry list of unneeded repairs. That's because most garages have service riders that work on commission. That's right, they sell you what makes them money. At Blue Book Service Center, we don't have service riders. You talk directly to the manager, and we only fix what needs to be done. Since 1980, Blue Book Service Center has provided service to churches, schools, government agencies, such as Seminole County Sheriff's Department, and, of course, the general public. To save you more, we have one of the lowest labor rates in Orange or Seminole County. As for experience, our service manager has been here 31 years and all of the mechanics over 10 years plus. Don't be sold service you don't need and cut your service costs today. Call Blue Book Service Center at 407-321-0741. People you can trust to repair your car and blue book cars is a member of the orlando tides network you're listening to the pat williams power hour on the new 94.9 fm and am 950 wtln and now here's pat peter greer is with us co-author of 4040 vision uh peter the next topic i want you to get into is called insatiable (laughs) insatiable so Oftentimes, uh, this period of life uh, is when we begin to experiment uh, with with uh, rediscovering the thrill. Um, and you know, for some people, the image is I uh, get that car. Uh, kind of think if you go for the leather jacket, uh, go for the, the the beard for the men, uh, you might be trying too hard. Uh, but but uh, at at uh, this time in life, many people try to rediscover that thrill. Try to go back and have that sense of thrill. So again, maybe it's a new uh maybe it's a new ride, maybe it's uh experimenting with different forms of of hedonism, but but the point is is that uh we still wake up the next morning and uh it is this idea that we have this this vacuum in our heart. It's like uh, the book of Ecclesiastes says there's eternity in our heart, which means we could swallow the whole world and and it still wouldn't be satisfied in us. And so this idea of of actually, uh, again, looking at our pleasure meter, looking at how they are broken and look differently. And again, the, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon, gives such an interesting perspective, right? Because it's presumed that he wrote the book uh, Song of, of Songs and, and, you know, these beautiful love uh, ballads. 
he wrote Ecclesi- uh, he wrote uh, the book of Proverbs, all of this wisdom. And then at the end of his life, he writes this book. And at this point, he had 700 wives, 300 concubines. He had anything that he could imagine, any, any experience that he could try and find uh, meaning and satisfaction. He went after it, and he went after it wholly. And so if he had a thousand <laughs> wives, uh, you know, maybe you and I, uh, there might be something there. If he says that's not it, he tried and tried and tried and tried. And, uh, and there's something about finding this beautiful gift of contentment, which I think is, is the antidote to so much of this longing and searching of actually finding contentment. Maybe that's one of the greatest gifts you could give yourself this year is to discover this beautiful hidden treasure of contentment with what we have, with what we've given, and to look around and not see what we don't have, but actually to see, my goodness, we have been given so much, um, and find contentment and gratitude, which uh, become really powerful antidotes this longing and searching or thinking, did I make a mistake in who I chose, or did I make a mistake in the career that I pursued, and find this beautiful gift of contentment uh, in, in the life that you have been given. Peter Greer is the co-author of 4040 Vision. Now tell us about Immortal, uh, the fifth topic, Peter. Yeah. Uh, again, I feel like these are heavy topics, and, and hopefully uh, in the way that uh, we're, we're speaking about them, they're not kind of weighing people down as they're beginning a new year. But, uh, you know, this is one of the other things that happens in this time of life, right? Uh, you can't go through midlife without putting a suit on and walking through a cemetery. And uh, maybe that's the grandparents. Uh, maybe that's parents as you start to see their waning uh, health. But one of life's most unpleasant certainties is apart from uh, Christ coming back, uh, that, that uh, we know the end. And again, Ecclesiastes has this crazy line. It says, better to be in a house of mourning than a house of feasting. Like, what kind of craziness is that? Who would rather be uh, at a funeral than at some sort of celebration? Um, and yet, again, the writer is saying, there's something about death that allows us to realize that today is a gift. Who doesn't walk away from a, from a, from a funeral promising to live differently as a result, uh, maybe spending a little bit more time to, to love those people that are around you? Maybe it's a time for people to let go, as uh, the author David Brooks writes, let go of kind of a lifetime of trying to build resume uh, virtues and actually live for eulogy virtues. So much of life we spend focused on building our career, building that resume, having these experiences. And and yet, have you ever noticed uh, that when you listen to a eulogy, those things that seem to matter so much are strikingly absent when you hear people talk about what mattered more? Um, And it's not the accolades. It's not the accomplishments. Oftentimes, it's loving the people that are right around you, being present, uh, being considerate, uh, acting in love when you see needs. And um, so, uh, again, it's it's recognizing that in this time of life, you've got to recognize your own mortality. And uh, the invitation in that is, is to actually live differently, live with more purpose um, as a result of recognizing that we do want to number our days. How about this topic, Peter? Uncharitable. What's that about? Yeah, Pat, I want to hear your thoughts on all of this stuff. I want to hear how, how you handled this uh, uh, time in life here, uh, and if this was uh, at all turbulent or a time of transition for you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uncharitable, that this is one of these other uh, areas where where there's so much uh, of, of life that is spent uh, building and accumulating. And and uh, the invitation, again, is to say, uh, when is enough enough? And to actually ask that question with intentionality. I think of some friends that I have that were in the midst of uh, closing a significant deal that was going to financially put them on a whole different uh, path. And they created a covenant. They created a contract to cap their lifestyle at the current level and said, anything else, anything above this, uh, we are going to be giving away because we have enough. And uh, that is uh, that stands, stands in, in contrast to this, uh, to this attitude that there's never enough. We always need a little more, just a little more, as Rockefeller said. 
Um, but uh, so uncharitable. This is the time to actually become charitable, to cap our lifestyle uh, and to uncap our generosity. And we find that people that do that find greater meaning, find greater joy, find greater satisfaction in this gift of contentment and generosity, which is a powerful antidote to materialism and uh, an insatiable appetite that we have for more. But Pat, seriously, what what was this time of life like for you? Well, listen, it was so long ago, uh, Peter. <laughs> I'm not sure I remember it. I uh, I was uh, I went flying through it. I don't think I even thought about it. Frankly, I was uh, uh, running the 76ers uh, basketball team in Philadelphia, and then getting ready to move to Orlando to help start up the Magic as an expansion team. We were uh, adopting children. Uh, ended up with 19 of them. And <clears throat> wow. So I didn't have time to turn left or right. I mean, my life was such a blaze at that point that uh, I don't, I'm not sure I've hit it yet. I'm 75 now and uh, still waiting for the midlife crisis to hit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had so many uh, balls that I was uh, trying to juggle up in the air that, uh, you know, I just didn't have time to I, d- I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it, frankly. That's why uh, I've enjoyed your book so much, Peter. And that, and that brings us to this topic. It's called unrest. Uh, what's going on here? Oh, well, that's one of the other uh, things that, uh, again, I don't know if you've had uh, this experience, but oftentimes uh, there's something that happens at a time in life where we are forced uh, to rest. Uh, for my friend, uh, Gennett, it was a health emergency that caused him to literally be on his back, look at a hospital uh, room ceiling, and for the very first time in his life to have time to rest. And the diagnosis was, you've been running too hard, too fast, and your body rebels. And, um, and, and so we can be forced to do that, or we can start to pay attention to what is uh, our body saying, uh, and what is this pattern that we see woven into Scripture. Scripture, even in the opening pages, this idea of six plus one, we are to work hard, we are to go uh, and, and uh, pursue meaningful work, um, and we are also to rest. Uh, and this idea of, of uh, allowing this time in life to get serious about habits and disciplines of rest, or uh, to have that decision made for us uh, by some sort of a, a situation that requires us um, to unplug. I, I know for me it happened with uh, literally uh, losing, I was living in Rwanda at the time, a uh, period of incredible uh, strain and stress after the uh, genocide, and uh, it was just this feeling of stress that actually literally caused me to black out on multiple occasions and so our bodies tell us, our bodies tell us if you are, you can go hard for a season, but if you're not building in a habit uh, of and a rhythm of rest, uh, your body will eventually rebel. And so, again, the invitation is to make that decision on our own and not to have that decision forced upon us uh, as much as it's uh, within our control. And now we're going to talk about age less. What, what does that mean? Yeah, Tim Keller, again, this is one of the... Uh, maybe well-known aspects of kind of this process, but, uh, you, you know, y- your body doesn't quite bounce back quite like it did. You could go play basketball, and uh, you'd be ready the next morning to go and uh, do it again. And uh, you do find that at some point uh, it takes a little bit longer for the recovery, or maybe it's the eyesight, or maybe it's the wrinkles that you're seeing stare back at you. But there's something that happens when we realize that the body is changing. And, and Tim Keller is a uh, basically, if if your if if your obsession is your appearance, you are going to die a thousand paper cuts. Um, and so, this is an invitation to care for the bodies that we have, but not to obsess over them. Um, and oftentimes, we kind of go to one or the other extreme: either care nothing for it, or to obsess over it and end up again dying that death of a thousand paper cuts. But it was interesting. There's one, uh, you know, kind of the illusion that if you just had a little bit different appearance, would you be happier? Uh, There was one uh, TED Talk where uh, one of the the speakers was a model, and she said, if you ever wonder if you would be happier, if you had, or more secure, if you had shinier hair or cooler clothes, she just, she said, go hang out with a group of models. They're the most insecure people you'll ever meet. And uh, Mm. so, uh, again, this idea of saying, uh, is there contentment to be found? How do we care for the bodies that we have but not obsess over them that we can't handle 
this gradual process of aging that is happening. Um, and uh, so again, it, it, the whole thing is just trying to say, what does it look like if instead of looking back with regret or remorse, or instead of being so obsessed about the future, instead of looking side to side and comparing ourselves with our neighbors, the ultimate conclusion of Ecclesiastes is stop looking back, stop looking forward, stop looking to the left and the right, and simply look up. Look up and realize that you are created by a God who loves you and has given you uh, meaning simply because you're his child, and and live all of life uh, in, in light of that identity, that purpose. That's the conclusion of Ecclesiastes, and I believe that's the invitation to see midlife as a turning point uh, to let go of, of some things that ultimately don't matter and to hold on to what matters most. Is our guest, Peter Greer, is in Lancaster, PA. Uh, he is the president and CEO of Hope International, co-author of 4040 Vision. Uh, the next topic, Peter, is called Disconnected. What's up? Yeah, there was an interesting statistics that we found that, that for uh, men, uh, most men after age 36 will make no new friends for the rest of their life, no new significant friendships. So they'll have some, but uh, no more lifelong friends will be made after age 36. And uh, right when we need it most, uh, is oftentimes in life the time when we are most disconnected from others. And you hear these crazy stories about going off the rails, and you kind of wonder, where were the friends? Like, why, why, where were the friends to step in? When I was living in Rwanda, there was this uh, friend of mine, Pierre, who said, you know, in, 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 uh, in Africa, we have this saying that you always have to have four friends. And uh, I said, why four? Uh, and he said, because four is the number that are required to carry a stretcher. He said, you always have to have four friends that can carry a stretcher at any time of the day or night. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of wisdom there, whether you need a stretcher, whether you really just need the help of your friends. Uh, life was not meant to be lived alone. Uh, this Again, from Ecclesiastes, uh, this idea of a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Or the idea, you know, pity the person who falls down and has no one to help them get up. Uh, friendships is one of life's greatest gifts. And uh, again, women tend to do better than men, but most men are isolated in this period of life when they need it most. Um, how many of the silly things that we do or say uh, could have been prevented if there was a group of people around us that loved us enough to, to tell the truth uh, about the direction that we were heading? Uh, and, and so that, again, it, it's an invitation. Take care of the friends that you have. As you go through midlife, don't go through midlife alone. Be serious about developing, cultivating a group of people uh, that are going to walk with you uh, help you uh, live and love faithfully until the very end. My guest has been Peter Greer, author of forty, co-author of Forty Forty Vision. We've got more after this, folks, on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour here on the new ninety four point nine FM and AM nine fifty WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Maybe you've been walking with God for most of your life. Maybe you don't know much about Jesus or the Bible. Whatever your background, the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN invites you to join us each Sunday morning at 1045 for Reach Orlando, a Bible-centered church with a passion to love God, love people, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world. Come study the Bible together with Pastor Adam Parsons and draw closer to God with Reach Orlando, Sunday morning at 1045 on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. This is a national health care alert from the Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You could qualify for a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost to you. Get free delivery, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers at no charge to you. So if you're on Medicare and have knee pain, don't wait. You may qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost. Friendly agents are standing by 24 
24-7 to help you. We also have other pain-relieving braces, too, for your shoulder, ankle, or back. You may be eligible to get these items and more at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Our friendly representatives are standing by now to help you, so please call now. 800-215-6812. That's 800-215-6822. This just in. Death, destruction, and violence. Film at 11. Come on. Is all the news really bad? How about some good news in your daily routine? You'll find it when you log on to Christianity.com. They've got great devotionals, terrific Bible study tools, quizzes, and links to the day's most inspiring stories from around the web. Get good news every day when you set your homepage to Christianity.com. Make a difference in your Internet life. Christianity.com. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Peter Greer, our guest in the first half hour here, talking about his book, 4040 Vision. He's in Lancaster, PA, and we go from Lancaster, PA, to the San Francisco Bay Area, where we catch up with John Dickerson, the teaching pastor in residence at Venture Christian Church. His new book is out with Zondervan. It's called I Am Strong, Finding God's Peace and Strength in Life's Darkest Moments. John, nice to hook up with you. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Pat. Glad to be with you. Uh, Tell me about the importance of being strong. what's What's your thrust here? So this title comes from a passage in Scripture where Paul the Apostle has a a physical sickness. He calls it his thorn in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And uh, he asks God for healing, and and, uh, God tells him that essentially God's going to allow supernatural strength to enter into Paul's life through his weakness. So when Paul's writing about that, he says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And so that's where the title for this book comes from. It's about finding God's strength through your weaknesses, through your pain, through your suffering, or your difficulty. <clears throat> the first topic, <clears throat> excuse me, that you get into is called living proof of heaven's strength, uh, the strength of weakness. Uh, let's get started with that one. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so, Pat, a little about my background. I was a uh, nationally awarded journalist before I became a pastor, and in that time I documented a whole lot of human pain and suffering. Uh, I sat with parents whose children had drowned in their own backyard pools. I sat with a grandmother, uh, spent a few months profiling a family where uh, the the granddaughter had been killed by a drunk driver and her heart had been transplanted to uh, another little girl, and just heartbreaking stories, and realizing as a reporter and a journalist that um, the uninvited guests of pain and suffering invade all of our lives at some point. But as a journalist, I saw this uh, theme, that people who believe in God, specifically people who believe in Jesus, had a way of accessing um, what might be called a metaphysical or a supernatural strength, something far beyond their human capacity to cope and to grieve. And uh, so that got me exploring the topic of, of pain and suffering, and what is this hope that these people are anchoring their lives on and, uh, and through that whole process, I ended up uh, becoming a, uh, being a follower of Jesus and then becoming an actual pastor, trying to take that hope into hospitals and into cancer wards and into funeral homes. And the reason I start uh, the book with that chapter called Living Crew is because, um, you know, it, it's a cute idea that 2,000 years ago, Paul the Apostle could find God's strength through his pain and weakness. And and we all like that, and um, if you've been in many churches, you've maybe heard uh, someone quote, well, God's power is made perfect through weakness, and it's all very great in theory. But what I want to know as a reporter, and I think what people listening want to know is, is this real? Does it, can this actually work in my life? I mean, where I have cancer, or where I'm going through a divorce, or where I've lost a loved one, can I actually access a, a supernatural peace and strength through my pain and my weakness? And I start the book by telling some stories of real people who are alive today who have accessed God's strength. Uh, One of them is a mom named Joy Verone. Uh, Joy was trying to save her children from a car accident about 16 years ago, 
And in the process of literally running to the vehicle to try to save her children's life, she became paralyzed. Joy has spent the last 16 years of her life in a wheelchair. I was just with her at her home in New Mexico, and I said, Joy, if you could go back and change that day so that the accident didn't happen, would you? And she said, no, John, I wouldn't, because the joy I've found in God, the, the peace I've found, the strength I've found internally is so valuable uh, that I wouldn't go back. I, I'm glad to be in a wheelchair and know God the way I do now, rather than be physically healthy, but not have the peace and joy that I have now. So the book starts by letting the reader know there's hope. Whatever it is you're going through, there is hope for you. If you reach out to Jesus Christ, there's deep hope available to you, and it actually works. It's not just a cute idea or a theory. There are people living and breathing today uh, who are living proof that this works. The next uh, topic, thorns in our flesh, the strength of thorns. Yes. So in that chapter, I actually talk about my own thorn in the flesh. Uh, Paul the Apostle describes his thorn in the, fel- in the flesh as, uh, as two things. It's a, it's a physical illness. It's a chronic daily pain. So if you're listening to this and you have some kind of physical illness right now, what Paul the Apostle who... God used to write more than half of the New Testament. Paul the Apostle, he can relate to you. Jesus Christ, God who came down and lived with us, he can relate to you. It's incredible that Jesus uh, didn't just save us from a distance. He's not some trust fund baby with uncalloused hands. Jesus came down and he, he carried our pain. He knows what it feels like to have a sliver in his fingers. He knows what it's like to cry. He knows what it's like to be rejected. And he knows physical pain. Well, uh, scripture called a thorn in the flesh is a physical pain. Paul also calls his thorn in the flesh, um, quote, a messenger of Satan sent to torment me. So there's this uh, supernatural component in the unseen realm of life. That sometimes uh, we go through seasons of life where, where um, there's a, almost a, a supernatural antagonism against us or a torment. So, so as Paul has his thorn in the flesh, he he turns to God, and that chapter, Thorns in Our Flesh, um, is where I talk about my own thorn in the flesh. I have a, a rare medical condition called hemiplegic episodes, and mm. and what it, what it is is um, it's essentially kind of a, a brain spasm. It's a neurological thing, and when it happens, hema is from uh, the hemispheres of the brain. One side of my brain will kind of go crazy, and the other side of my brain will go uh, weak or paralyzed. And so in a hemiplegic episode, uh, typically I'll begin to slur my speech, I'll lose parts of my vision, and then I'll um, lose the feeling on half of my body, or else that half of my body will be in severe pain. So it's pretty dramatic when it happens. I usually end up in the hospital. And um, I'm I'm fairly young guy, but as I've been progressing in life, these episodes have been getting worse. And so my thorn in the flesh really culminated on the day when I went to my neurologist and said, hey, these things have all the, uh, the symptoms of a stroke. And uh, usually I recover fine afterwards, but as I get older, is there a chance that one will actually turn into a full-blown stroke and these disabilities will be lifelong? And, you know, I'm hoping that the neurologist is going to say, no, there's no chance of that. John, you're fine. But uh, he said, yeah, there, there is a chance of that with the condition you have, that, that one day it will turn into a full-blown stroke. So I began living with the daily anxiety Mm. Uh, because these episodes, they're unpredictable, they're uncontrollable, they come when the biology of my body decides for them to come, and and uh, and I had to deal with, as a young dad, with two young children and a husband, what if one of these does turn into a full-blown stroke, and uh, I'm a professional writer and speaker for a living, and I can't speak or write anymore, what, what will life look like for my kids, for my wife, for myself? So... That was my own journey with my thorn in the flesh that really forced me, having witnessed lots of other people suffering, to get into Scripture and say, is this true? Can I actually find God's strength through my pain and my weakness? And as the book describes, it absolutely is true. Uh, And just like Joy Verone in her wheelchair, I I would now say, uh, as much as I don't like my thorn in the flesh, I'm I'm thankful for it because I have... um, come to know God and a supernatural way of life and peace and strength and joy that money can't buy, and it's almost impossible to describe. Uh, that's why Paul the Apostle 
uh, says later, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, plural. He says, uh, the more weakness I have in my life, the more difficulty. Now that I've learned to find God through it, um, I'm actually thankful for it. John Dickerson is our guest. uh, We're talking about his book, I Am Strong. Now, John, I want you to talk about prisons of pain, chambers of strength. And the subtitle is Strength of Prisons. I'm uh, curious about this one. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, you know, this that chapter starts with a quote from Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Uh, Solzhenitsyn um, was in the gulag, the prison camps, the concentration-type camps in the Soviet Union. And um, he writes this. This is why I turn back to the years of my imprisonment and say, often to the astonishment of those around me, bless you, prison. And I say without hesitation, bless you, prison, for having been in my life. Colvin went into prison as an atheist. He came out as a believer in God. He found that as he turned to God in his literal prison, he found God. Uh, scripture says, if you seek me, you'll find me. And, uh, you know, as a pastor, I've seen people in every kind of suffering imaginable. And, and here's what I've seen. Uh, as you're listening to this, no matter what you're going through, or maybe it's someone you love and care about, they're going through a difficulty. Spiritually, you have only one of two choices. You either turn to God with your pain, or you turn away from God because of your pain. So let me repeat that. When you're going through, whether it's divorce, whether it's sickness, whether it's the loss of a loved one, a financial hardship, you're going through a difficulty, you have two spiritual choices. You either turn to God with the pain, believing that he wants to help you, sustain you, ultimately deliver you, or you turn away from God out of that because of the pain and bitterness. And Alexander Solzhenitsyn is one of these where, in a, in a literal concentration camp, a Soviet gulag, he turns to God, discovers God, finds uh, eternal life, as well as what Jesus describes as abundant life. Now, abundant life doesn't mean that we don't go through any difficulties, but it means that we have a, a supernatural peace and strength while we do. So the idea of this chapter, Prisons of Pain, is this. Your your thorn in the flesh, your difficulty, your pain, whatever it may be, is like a prison a little bit. Uh, I know mine is, uh, and, and here's how it's like a prison. It, it hinders your life in some way. If it's a physical thing, there's physical limitations. If it's a relational or emotional thing, there it's like this prison. And, and in that chapter, we, we tell this story, it's almost like a metaphor uh, of God visiting you in the prison, and he gives you these gifts. <laughs> the gifts are, are a few things. First, there's a friend who will stay with you in the prison. God describes his Holy Spirit as a counselor, a comforter. And if you don't yet know the comfort of the Holy Spirit in your suffering, this book is designed to help you really experience God as a friend who's with you in your suffering. Also, God promises to eventually deliver us out of our suffering. It's not always immediate, but he does promise that for those who trust in Christ, there will be a new heaven, a new earth, uh, new bodies that don't have pain sensors, <laughs> new eyes that will never cry, new relationships that will never be broken. So in our prison, we have present comfort, but we also have the promise of future deliverance. And then in addition to that, God brings us in our prison daily bread. That is the sustenance, the strength that we need to get through today, one day at a time. And so our prisons get transformed into almost these chambers of strength. Uh, Not only Alexander Solzhenitsyn in the Soviet Gulag, but Corey Ten Boom, who was a Christian in the Nazi concentration camps in Germany, uh, writes very similar things about having um, encountered God in prison. And so the idea of that chapter is that where you feel like you're in a prison, first of all, God's not down on you. God's not mad at you. God hasn't thrown you into that prison. We'll explain later in the book from Scripture where does pain and suffering come from. It's not, God's not throwing lightning bolts at you. He's not down on you. He has a plan to deliver you. He promises to sustain you. And he'll even work your evil and your pain for good if you'll turn to him with it. Now I want you to talk about children in the universe, uh, the strength of relationship. Yes, so this uh, chapter, Children in the Universe, you know, Jesus, more than any other way, describes himself as son. (laughs) Jesus saw himself as the son of of God, and we know Jesus was fully God, but in Jesus' life we see this perfect role model of how 
do we relate to the Father? And in this chapter, I actually tell a story about my uh, four-year-old son, Jack. And uh, Jack one day started running a fever, and the fever spiked. It was literally 107 degrees. I couldn't believe it. We looked on the digital thermometer, said 107.1. We got another thermometer, said 106.8. So uh, we called a friend of ours who's a physician, and she said, you got to get him straight to the emergency room. Well, while we were in the emergency room, uh, the doctors wanted to do all these different tests. And, and Jack was really in good spirits. He was being a trooper until this one nurse came in, and all she needed was a saliva sample from his mouth. But what she told him is she said, Jack, you're not going to like what I'm about to do to you. And in that moment, this four-year-old boy who had been very compliant with shots and other things, all of a sudden, he just started going crazy and and uh, flailing, and uh, she got her saliva sample all right. He ended up spinning all over her. I felt terrible. But it's such a picture of our lives because, Life doesn't have a good bedside manner. My guest, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, John Dickerson. More with John in his book, I Am Strong. This is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your host, Dr. Daniel Forbes and attorney Delton Chen. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-824-5131 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-824-5131. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Well, even though the calendar says it's winter, here in Orlando, summer can go all year long. That means our air conditioners take a beating. And if your AC is on its last leg or not working at all and you've been putting it off, we've got an amazing radio deal for you. It's called Half Price Cooling. Get a new complete AC system for your home with installation for half price. No coupons, no games, no gimmicks. Go online to AmazingRadioDeals.com right away. Then cool down with the hottest deal in town. Half Price Cooling. Check it out right now at AmazingRadioDeals.com. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. We are visiting with John Dickerson, best-selling author. Uh, He is the teaching pastor in residence at Venture Christian Church in Los Gatos, California. And uh, the book is called I Am Strong. Uh, John, now I want you to talk about the key and the hammer, uh, the strength of unveiling. Uh, What's that all about? So this is about uh, the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Uh, If you're listening, you may be familiar with uh, what's called the Lord's Prayer. It starts, Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be your name. Looked at through the lens of our pain and suffering and our weakness, we discover that the Lord's Prayer is really about unveiling or bringing to God a daily list of weaknesses and needs. In other words, give us this day our daily bread. God, I have hunger. Forgive us our debts. God, I have problems. Uh, Lead us not into temptation. God, I need your protection. Um, Deliver us from the evil one. We we, uh, need your help in life. And so uh, I tell a story in this chapter about a cabin in Canada that my family used to go to. I grew up in Michigan, and we would, uh, by boat, you had to get to the cabin by boat, and it would be boarded up from the winter. So whenever we'd get there in the spring, we had to literally get out a hammer 
and uh, pry off these boards. You in Florida, some of you might relate with boarding up for hurricanes when hurricanes are coming. We'd have to pry these boards off the windows. And I remember as a young boy, uh, when the door uh, was opened, I would run inside, and from inside I could see my dad uh, prying these boards. And as the uh, this cabin that hadn't seen sunlight for months and months, all of a sudden these boards would come off the windows, and you could see the warm orange sunlight kind of beaming in uh, and warming this cold cabin. And the idea of the Lord's Prayer, as Jesus describes it, is not some pious thing where we go to God and show Him how good and important we are, but it's this humbling. It's us taking a hammer and prying off the boards that cover all of our different weaknesses. In other words, God, I'm tired today. God, I'm hungry today. God, I'm tempted today. Uh, God, I hurt today. And, uh, and when we begin to pray that way, we begin to find and discover God as a companion who's with us in our suffering and who really wants to help us in our pain and, and in our suffering. I talk in this chapter about a dog I had when I was 12 years old. I, I had this big, fluffy white dog called a white Samoya that looked like a husky. And this one day she, uh, she got a, a thorn stuck in the paw, those little pads that dogs have on their feet. And, and, and Casey knew me, uh, the dog, and knew that I loved her and I wanted the best for her. But when I tried to remove that thorn from her foot, she kept trying to run away from me. I, I literally had to pin her down and sit on top of her to pull this thorn out of her foot. And the point of this chapter is, is for you to know that where you feel like God has you pinned down in your life, it's not because he's trying to hurt you, it's because he's trying to help you. And so go ahead and just unveil your weaknesses to him. Unveil your pain and your suffering to him. And, and Pat, I really wrote this book um, as a pastor, having counseled lots of people through pain and suffering. I wanted to summarize um, what are answers to the common questions, what are the hopes that I've really seen help people in real life, and, and I, I just fill up an entire book of those. So if you're listening and you're going through a hard time, this book, I Am Strong, it's written to help you. It's written to be given as a gift from my heart to your heart. And also, if you know someone, if you have a neighbor or a relative or a co-worker who's going through a difficulty, this book, I Am Strong, Finding God's Peace and Strength in Life's Darkest Moments, it's written so that you can give it to them as a gift. I think we all know someone who's hurting, and we want to help them, but we don't know how to help them. We don't know what to say. Well, this book is a great gift that you can gently say, hey, uh, if, if you want to reach out to God, this book will help you, and it's written so that you can give it to them as a gift. Now, uh, let's talk about when you hurt, uh, the strength of comfort. Yeah, so when you hurt is, is really a chapter where we uh, just where we unpack what Scripture calls the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God, uh, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus said that the Spirit would would be a counselor and a comforter literally one who comes alongside us in our pain or in our suffering. And so uh, in this chapter, I describe from Scripture how I've uh, been able to learn to uh, really sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life, and I encourage readers that the Spirit of God is waiting for all who call out to God in the name of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit wants to live in you and walk with you so that when you hurt, you have a comforter, you have a counselor, you have a friend who is with you. Now, uh, let's get into this topic, uh, John. A history of Earth's weakness, the strength of answers. Yes. So, you know, one of the most common questions as we're going through pain and suffering is, if God loves me, why is this happening? And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's some bad theology out there where uh, some people, I think a lot of us, tend to think, even secretly, I must have done something wrong, and so God is punishing me. Now, uh, it's true that there is a right punishment for sin, but at the cross, Jesus took that punishment. And so those of us who've trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, our, our punishment is then taken by Jesus. And so then we wonder, well, then why do I have cancer, or why do I experience pain? And this chapter um, explains from Scripture why that is. And I'll try to summarize it for you. You're going to get a lot more in the book, I Am Strong, than, we, than I can give in this brief radio interview. But it's really interesting where God starts Scripture. 
if you think of the Christian Bible as a love letter that God has written to us, he begins in the book of Genesis right after he describes that he created everything. He tells us that we are not living in heaven right now. We're not even living in the Garden of Eden. You see, the way God created earth, um, Adam and Eve had unlimited access to organic food. They had all their needs met. There was no sickness. There was no death. There was no pain. There was no murder. There was no evil. There was no suffering. And in Genesis chapter 3, right at the beginning of all of Scripture, God makes it really clear. He entrusted the earth to Adam and Eve for them to manage. And he told them one thing, Adam and Eve, don't invite evil into the earth. If you do, it will pollute everything. It will infect everything. Well, Adam and Eve chose, (laughs) tempted by our spiritual enemy, Satan, who came into this earth to kill and steal and destroy. Adam and Eve chose to invite evil into this earth. And ever since, the DNA of our bodies and the very weather patterns of planet Earth are all infected with an invisible radiation or sickness that God calls sin. And so that's why our bodies die. That's why we get cancer. That's why I have hemiplegic episodes. That's why my friend Joy Barone is in a wheelchair. Is not because God necessarily sent those things into my life, but because humanity has invited evil into planet Earth. In fact, I I use a metaphor in this chapter uh, about a nuclear weapons facility in Colorado. During the Cold War, there was a big weapons facility called Rocky Flat, and it looked shiny, and everything was brand new and painted, and so people wanted jobs at Rocky Flat because they paid well, they had government benefits. Well, little did these workers know that from these shiny new buildings, radiation was leaking out. And so now, about 30 years after Rocky Flats has been demolished, uh, there's all these workers who clamored to get jobs there who now have cancer in their bodies. Why? Because they were living in a workplace that looked new and shiny and clean, but it was actually infected with an invisible radiation that caused cancer. Well, God describes all of planet Earth that way. Yeah, we have some great innovations. Yes, we still carry the image of God in us as human beings created in His image. But everything we know is infected with evil and sin. Our bodies are, our relationships are, even the weather patterns of planet Earth are. So that's why all everyone on this Earth will die eventually, because our bodies are broken. Bill Gates will, <laughs> Vladimir Putin will. doesn't matter how much money you have, how much power you have, your body will break down and die. And so when we understand that, the more we understand that biblically, it helps us to know the evil in my life isn't because God is mad at me. It's because of the choices of my ancestors and often my own choices as well, and because there's a spiritual enemy who's in this world to kill and steal and destroy. John Dickerson has been our guest. I've got to wrap up, folks, right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Stay with us. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Who are some of the people who buy their cars from Jim Lash Blue Book Cars? The kind you listen to and respect at the new 950 WTLN. Hi, this is R.C. Sproul, and I'd like to say to you, who are our friends at WTLN, that I never buy any automobiles anywhere except at Jim Lash's Blue Book Cars in the Sanford. I get the best deals. They have the most fantastic service. These people are Christians. I trust them completely. If you're looking to buy a car the next time, do yourself a favor. Go to Jim Lash Blue Book Cars in Sanford, and while you're there, tell them that RC sent you. Buy a car, mention the new 950 WTLN, and Blue Book Cars will donate $100 to your church. Call 407-321-0741. Blue Book Cars, there is a difference. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Well, thanks for joining us, folks, uh, here on the Power Hour. Our guest in the first half hour was Peter Greer uh, talking about his book, 4040 Vision. And then John Dickerson uh, from the West Coast uh, came along, and uh, we talked about his latest work called I Am Strong. Uh, please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com. The Twitter page 
is Orlando Magic Pat. The email address is pwilliams at orlandomagic.com. My most recent book is out. It's called Extreme Winning, The 12 Qualities of the Extreme Winners. It's in bookstores now and Amazon.com, always a wonderful way to order books. In the meantime, folks, I hope that 2016 is going to be a wonderful year for you. Uh, Head to church tomorrow and uh, enjoy this wonderful Florida weather. Uh, This is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. You're listening to the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.